So first we're going to share uh, about a couple of the different middle school camps that we, uh, we did. Um, for years, Harvest is part of uh, a camp called the Dunes uh, Bible Camp, which is near Long Beach, Washington. Um, big camp. Like uh, the last several years we've had, we've been pushing 300 students um, and then a ton of staff as well. Uh, for our group, though, for Harvest Group, we decided to do something different this year. Uh, it just seemed like we needed we needed a place just just to be with our students, um, uh, a place maybe that was a little bit less intimidating. I think for a lot of uh, a lot of new sixth graders and even new sixth graders' parents, um, it's scary like going to this giant camp. So we did something totally different this year. We uh, we called the middle school camp out because we actually camped out. We camped in tents um, at uh, Patty Smith's uh, parents' property um, near Philomath, Oregon, um, and it was it was a really really good time. We, we spent uh, a few days and a couple nights there um, with 11 middle schoolers. We had, uh, we had seven boys and four girls, and we had some college students come and help us. Uh, and Mary Beth, I don't know if she's here, but she came and cooked for us. We had a really good time. And uh, we went over the story of, uh, it's often called the prodigal son, which is in Luke 15. And I just want to tell you the story really quickly, just in case you haven't heard it. Um, so Jesus is... Uh, he's talking with, with people that are known as, as notorious sinners is how scripture describes it. And it's actually the religious people that say that like the, the uber religious people are questioning why Jesus is with these notorious sinners. So Jesus goes on to tell three stories. Two of them are really short. Like they take up like a paragraph and a half in, in the Bible. Um, first one is, is uh, he said uh, there's a, there's a woman that uh, has a hundred coins. She loses one. Um, so she she tears apart her house trying to find that one coin, and then when she finds it, she celebrates and she tells everybody, and they celebrate with her. And the next story, there's a shepherd, hundred sheep, loses one, leaves the ninety nine to go find this one sheep that's been lost, finds a sheep, brings it back, and celebrates. Right, and then he tells a longer story, uh, the story that we normally call uh, the prodigal son. But but he starts off the story and he says there's a man that had two sons, and 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 this story. It's it's about those notorious sinners and about the the uber religious people. So uh, there, this father, um, one day his youngest son comes to him and he says, "I want my inheritance now," right? And he's communicating at least two things there. One, he's saying, "I wish you were dead so I could have your stuff." Those are the two things. I wish you were dead and I, I want your stuff. And um, surprisingly, dad says, "Okay." I'm not going to die, but here's my stuff, right? And he, he divides up the property, gives the son what would be his inheritance, and the son goes, and he, uh, he lives you know, as, as indulgent of a life as you can imagine. And after some period of time, blows through all that money, right? And he has to get a job now, real world. And his job literally stinks. He's, he's feeding pigs, right? And at some point, he's looking at the food that the pigs eat, and he wants it. And he comes to his senses, and he realizes, what am I doing? Like, even my dad's hired servants have more than enough to eat. So he comes up with this plan. He says, okay, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to dad. I'm going to confess what I've done wrong. I've sinned against him. I've sinned against heaven. And, and maybe he'll hire me. Maybe he'll hire me to do something for him so I can at least eat like normal food. 
So he's walking back, and like all of us, when we got in trouble when we were younger, like you rehearsed that story, right? Don't pretend like you didn't. We rehearsed the story. I'm sure he's going through it. Dad sees him, like way far off. The dad's been looking, and the dad books it to his son, right? Which is not normal for like the, the head of a major estate, right? But he, he hikes up his clothes, and he books it to his son. He embraces his son, and the son starts going through his whole confession, right? But it's like the dad doesn't even hear him because he's just so elated that his son is there. And he tells his servants, hey, get, get the best robe for my son. Let's, let's clothe him. Let's get those nasty clothes off of him. Let's get him the best ring, right? And, and those are both like the father's possessions, right? No one would have a better robe than, than the head of the estate. No one would have a better ring. So he clothes him. He gives him the ring. He tells his servants, hey, let, let's go. Let's go slaughter an animal so we can have a barbecue, right? We're going to have a big party. And he gets a band. He invites everybody. And there, there's a whole big thing going on, right? Lots, lots of celebrating, lots of rejoicing. Um, well, the other son, uh, he comes in from the fields, and he, he hears that something's going on. And he's not stupid. Like, he knows that there's people that are celebrating something. But he, he doesn't want to go in. And I don't know if he figured it out already, but... He, he gets his servant to tell him, like, hey, what's going on? The servant says, your brother, your brother that's been gone, he, we didn't know what happened to him. He, he was lost, and now he's found. Like, we thought maybe he was even dead, but he is alive. And your father is doing this for him. Like, we're celebrating him together, right? And, and this younger son represents those notorious sinners, right, that the, the, the Pharisees, the super religious people were upset about. Well, the older son re- represents those super religious people, and he's, he's livid, right? He, he won't go into the party. He refuses to. So the dad comes out to him, right? He comes out to the son, and he's like, what, what's going on? Come on, your brother who, who is dead, like, he's here. He's alive. Let's celebrate. And, and, and the older brother was just indignant, and, and he, he, he said, are you kidding me? Like, this son of yours, right? He doesn't even call him a brother. He says, this son of yours has, has gone out, lived wildly, and the whole time I've been working my tail off for you. I've never disobeyed a single thing you asked me to do, and yet you never threw a party for me. Right? And, and the dad responds, he says, Man, I've always been with you, and, and everything that I have is yours. And then the story ends right there. And these super religious people don't know what choice the older son made. Did the older son decide to come into the party, to be in relationship with the father, to reconcile with his brother or not? And they're faced with that same choice. What am I going to do? And in this story, it's, it's really it's, it's two, two paths of self-salvation, right? It's two boys that thought they knew the best way to make life good for them. And in the end, neither of them worked. Both of them, they just wanted their dad's stuff. They didn't really want a relationship with their dad. And it's just a beautiful picture of the gospel. So we, we, we went through that story over a few days with the middle schoolers. Um, I've been doing middle school ministry for years. I've done like this type of thing where you have students come up and share. It is so rare that I can get a middle schooler to come share. So we made a video for you instead. Because... Um, Believe it or not, they're not afraid of video cameras. So, um, uh, so w- it, the video is super short, uh, and it's, this is only some of the students. Um, 
we asked two questions, like, what, what was your favorite thing about the campouts? You're going to hear funny answers. Um, and, then, and then we asked, what did you learn about God? So let's show that video. Awesome. So uh, Ryan Aton, uh, he just graduated, and I asked him, hey, would you come hang out with middle schoolers and me uh, at the campout? And he, he was super excited to do that. He actually got work off. He got this brand-new job, took work off, and uh, came with us. So I asked him if he would share. Right on. So that was super fun. Um, I was a counselor with Matt Q and Ian and Greg, and it was super cool. It was a new experience for me. And we had Mary Beth out there who made us some meals, and I'm convinced that there has not been as good of food at any camp or will ever be as good of food at camp than there was for the camp out. It was incredible. So at the camp out, we had tons of fun. Like There were so many activities we were able to do and just so many things that were there that were available for the kids for us to have a good time. There was a creek about like a minute walk. And so that was super fun. You heard about it a little bit. So we were able to build a dam and raise the water level so we could swim. That was super cool. And then catch some crawdads. So a lot of the students were good at it and were bold enough to do it. But Matt Q and I were too scared. Um, we were also able to go to Newport. It was like an hour drive and that was a lot of fun. We were just able to build sand castles and just like enjoy some ice cream. And we had night games. Matt Q and Hope, you guys did a terrific job with those. Like, they picked out games that were so much fun and organized it really well. And a lot of the games were really cool because they're things that you don't get to do when you're at home. You know, like, you can't play these games at home. Like, you don't get to shoot paintball guns all the time, especially at leaders. That was so cool. I'm just thankful I got to shoot and not be shot at. And then... Let's see, I think like through all the fun we were able to have, and it was just like we had two nights there and we had so much fun. Like we all got close enough that like people, like the students were willing to share and like open up. And so that was super cool. They had a lot, they have lots of insightful things to say. And just they were willing to share their thoughts, their reactions to like what Greg talked about, the prodigal son. And um, it was just super cool. They were able to be real and it was just awesome. And it was also cool to see the students step out. Um, some of them stepped out to pray for meals and stuff like that. And that's definitely not easy, especially when you're just starting to do something like that. So we just got to see God move through them and do that. So I, I consider myself so fortunate to have been able to be a counselor at this camp. Thank you. So like I said, uh, Dunes Bible Camp, we, we have a long history with them. And actually, it, since the mid-90s, there's been youth, youth pastors that have been running that, that one week of camp at the Dunes for middle schoolers. Uh, it's been a huge privilege. So since we decided not to go, uh, or we decided not to go, but we, we still had people that wanted to go help. And Maddie uh, was a counselor that went. Hi. So my original plan was I was going to go do games at Dunes, but God was like, no, you're going to be a counselor. And so I went and um, I was like, I'm going to be a co-counselor. Like, I've never done this before. I have no clue what I'm doing. Um, and it will be an exact year of I've been following God, like, while I was at Dunes. And so two hours before the campers arrived, um, <laughs> they called my name to come get the list of girls. And I would just, my exact words were, wait, what? And I was just, like, appalled. <laughs> and... <laughs> um, that night, um, I was talking to God during worship, and I was just like, I got like really overwhelmed. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, why are you calling me into this? Like, this has to be a mistake and stuff like that. Because um, I have six girls, and I 
don't know what I'm doing. And um, and he was like, do you, do I make mistakes? And I just sat there. I'm like, no, like you don't make mistakes. Like you're God. And he's like, do you trust me? And I'm like, yes. And like just this peace just like came over me and it was a really special moment. And he gave me a passage and it was Jeremiah 1. So all the lies like I was believing, like that verse was just perfect for that week. And um, I would just sit in it and I think one of the main reasons I was with these six girls, all very different, um, was because of one-on-ones. And one-on-one is when it's between a counselor and the camper, and you just talk about deeper things and stuff like that. And um, the root of each girl's um, problems, like, I had experienced myself. And so, like, one girl, just a ton of brokenness, and God was telling me, like, tell her to go to counseling. And I got to speak into that, and now she's seeing like counseling now and then girl had anger issues and um two girls like said they would never forget the, forgive this person in their life and like I just got to pray over that and like their hearts changed right there towards um forgiving these people and they just found freedom in that and um one girl um had a brother with a disability and my younger brother has autism so seeing her like carry that weight of I have to fix him, like, and all this stuff, and um, personally, like, I just had a lot of pain and anger and bitterness and hurt from, and just, like, confusion, and God, like, let me speak into her and just, like, no, like, you can't fix him, but you can love on him and just, like, be there for him, and it was just, like, so cool, like, God totally redeemed that in me, and I got to speak into that girl's life, and she just couldn't stop hugging me, and she's, like, I've never felt this peace, like, God loves him more than I could ever love him. I'm like, yeah, like, you're right. Like, all I can do is love him and, like, pray for him and stuff like that. And I would just say, like, Dunes that week was just God just breaking all these chains in these girls' lives and um, just giving them freedom and peace and joy and his love. And it was, man, I could talk about Dunes for hours, but it was, <laughs> it was amazing. And I'll never forget that week. I've never experienced God like that. So it was really cool. Yeah, so thank you for listening. Cool. All right. Thank you, Ryan and Maddie. All right. So uh, this this summer, we had more students go to Young Life Camp um, than in the history of Camas Washougal, East Clark County. We had two camps that almost had 70 students. Um, we had another camp that was uh, over 40 at Malibu, I believe. Um, and then um, a couple middle school camps that were around 20. Um, it was an awesome, awesome summer for Young Life, and a lot of these students heard um, about Jesus and heard the gospel for the first uh, time. So I'm going to invite up um, Joy and Peter, um, and then also Delaney, um, and then Sherry, um, and they're going to share with you guys um, about some of their camp experiences. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Peter Young. This is Joy and uh, we get to help volunteer lead uh, the middle school ministry of Young Life, which is called Wildlife. Um, so that's the difference. When you hear wildlife, that is the focus of the middle schools, so for in Camas in Washougal. So um, our camps were all about fun and how to have a ton of fun with middle schoolers. Um, one of the biggest things that we do is, at the beginning, make sure that no electronic devices are brought. So that is um, um, difficult for some, uh, not so difficult for others, uh, but is an awesome way to really get a chance to watch middle schoolers just play. Um, and it's a ton of fun to be, as someone of my age, 
try to be brought into their play and to keep up with them day after day after day. So Joy and I got to, um, uh, on different weeks, focus uh, our time with the graduating sixth graders, so going into seventh grade at Breakaway, the property that's in Gearhart, handles about 80 kids. And um, uh, Maddie Q got to come with me and the six, six boys, and um, Joy had 16 girls and um, about how many leaders? Raise your hand. Amanda and Aubrey, who's not here. Uh, she's sleeping because she just got back from Creekside last night on a broken down bus. Um, but yeah, this, this, uh, this, there's God calling. Um, this ministry is all about reaching those kids that would never walk into a church, aren't exposed to a church, and get to hear uh, the wonderful uh, story of Jesus and, and the gospel. So we had a wonderful time. Um, I slept a lot uh, on uh, having to come back. So, so um, Pete and I were just chatting, kind of brainstorming, like what would be cool to share with you and just a couple quick thoughts. Um, and Maddie kind of mentioned this earlier, but, you know, you go to camp and it's for the kids and the kids are going to hear the gospel and we're so, you know, kid focused. And the truth is that the leaders are truly changed, right? Because you are, you're just, you're broken. You don't know what you're doing. I can't tell you how many times Amanda and I, Aubrey, looked at each other. What are we doing? Jesus, help right? It's middle school. So um, that that was just really cool, I think, to just watch Jesus work, certainly with the kiddos, but also in us as leaders. Um, the other piece was just how exceptional wildlife was set up. You know, Young Life does such a great job of presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've been involved with Young Life for many years and, and, and watching, this is our first year with wildlife, and it was so richly done and so age appropriate for them. Um, you know, these are 12 year olds. And so I thought beforehand, how are they going to do this? And they just did it so well for where they were at developmentally. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, the other piece was just our cabin times. You know, again, we walked in saying, oh my gosh, are they even going to talk? Like, what's that going to look like? And um, they talked and they asked hard questions and we had rich conversation. Uh, and it was, it was really cool. Um, towards the end of the week, you have kind of a place where kids are, can commit their life to Christ. And uh, we had a couple kiddos choose to do that. And then we just had a lot of kids say, I don't know, I just have a lot more questions, which is so appropriate at 12, right? So um, that was neat. And then actually, since we've been home for our girls, we've had two girls accept Jesus within like 48 hours of coming home, texting us, oh my gosh, I just did the ABC prayer. And we're just rejoicing with them. So um, was there anything else? No, just uh, you know, as we, we have so much momentum right now, I think there were 90, um, last night, 90 Creekside kiddos came home, seventh and eighth graders and staff, 90, two buses broken down. Other story. Ask Amanda and Kai about it. Where's Kai? Right here. So if, stand up really quick. Amanda, Maddie, and Kai. These guys are rock stars. Give them a hand. Rock stars. Yeah, just like such servants of Jesus, fully surrendered their space, their time their summer, to give it away. So find them after church and just ask, what did Jesus do at camp? Because I know they've got some good stories. Um, momentum. So we, you know, 90 came back, and then between the two of us, we had a good, I can't do the math, 25-ish. So today we're having this really sweet uh, post-camp barbecue from 2 to 5, you know, tubing and hanging out, and it's going to be awesome. So we have that, and then we head into fall, and we've got Wildlife Club, and we have campaigners, which is basically just cabin time continued. Um, for kiddos to talk more about Jesus. So 
I could go on. All good stuff. Thank you for supporting us. Hi, I'm Delaney, and I went to Canyon Camp at Washington Family Ranch this year. And before I tell you about my experience, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. So a year ago, if you'd asked me, hey, Delaney, what do you think about God? Do you have a relationship with him? I would have given you a weird look and probably walked away or avoided the question and just felt really uncomfortable. Um, a year ago, I was still mad at God. I had a lot of blame that I put on him. And a lot of this started when I was young. I was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And as I got older, when I was diagnosed, I didn't understand it at all. My parents understood it more than me, but I didn't get it. And so as I got older, I realized I'm a little different than the rest of the kids. Um, I'm in pain, and they're not. I can't play as long or as hard as they can. And I felt weird. <laughs> Sorry. And so um, I, as I got older, I was like, if he really loves me, if he's really there, why am I going through this? Why, why me? Um, so it was a lot of why me and stuff like that. And then um, as I got into my preteens and teenage years, I still felt like I was different and weird, and I really struggled with self-confidence and um, my self-image. And then society puts a lot of pressure on teenagers to be something, to be pretty enough, to be smart enough, and I didn't feel like I felt that mold. So I struggled a lot with um, my <laughs> sorry, I'm a little bit sick my confidence, and um, I struggled with depression, and I struggled with my self-image. And so I was still really angry, I was really confused, and I blamed God for all of it. And it was, once again, like, if he really loves me, why is this happening? And then about a year ago, at the beginning of my senior year, uh, my friend Amanda invited me to go to Young Life Club, and I was like, well, she's pretty cool, so how bad could it be? <laughs> um, so I went, and I honestly thought it was super weird. And I was like, I'm never coming back to this. But I ripped my vest in one of the games, and my leader, Kathleen, said, oh, bring it next week, and I'll sew it up for you. So then I felt obligated, and I came back. And then eventually I found myself going to Young Life every single Monday and loving it. And I wanted to get more involved. So when Matt said that people were going to work crew, I was like, sign me up. So a few of my friends and I went, and I actually got to serve the Youngs, and it was super fun, and I got to see how Jesus affected their life and all their crazy diets. Um, and then I saw that people around me had a relationship with this Jesus guy. And during the club talks in Young Life, I was hearing them, but I really wasn't listening to what the, uh, Matt or Kathleen or Sherry was saying. So after uh, I went to Washington Family Ranch for work coup, I started to listen to the club talks, and I was interested. And I decided to go to camp. And I just got back about... A week ago and it was one of the best weeks of my whole entire life I went in kind of just doing the motions of God I didn't really know how to start a relationship with him and now coming out of it I have a relationship with God and it wasn't all just about like oh my gosh God have a relationship with him I got to have fun with my friends and my leaders and uh, now I can say that Washington Family Ranch is one of my favorite places in the world. I have love Young Life, and I have a relationship with God now, and I have Young Life to thank for all of that. So I'm not angry with God anymore. I don't have any blame that I put on him. And I'm still a little bit confused, but I feel like that's okay. <laughs> and um, Sherry says we all are, so thanks, Sherry. And so now I can confidently say that I believe in God, and I finally have that relationship that I've been wanting with him. Wow, so great. 
Um, I had the crazy pleasure of getting on a bus with students who had just finished their freshman year of high school, who have zero need to sleep and drive for about 15 hours and then get on a ferry and go way the heck up into Canada to Malibu Club. And um, it was great. Uh, yeah, Emma was, Emma was there. She's back there. Um, it was super. Uh, we took about 40 students up there to Malibu Club, and um, Hope was one of the counselors with us also, and just such a great, great time together there. Um, the, the students that week were invited to consider finding their home in Jesus, and so it was a really great week of, of the gospel going out and, and students getting to hear that good news and that invitation that God loves them so much, and he, he just wants them to find their real life, their real home in him. So, yeah, we had that a great, crazy crew. And, um, you know, it's it's the most interesting thing, because I honestly got on that bus, and, and actually it was like five hours after ETV finished, too, which was really crazy. But um, you get on that bus, and, and I literally probably knew one student, you know, before that. And, and at the end of the week, I'm, um, I'm out on a ski boat with a bunch of girls, and they're riding this crazy thing called, like, the banana boat, you know, where they're, it's just nuts. And they all have their little helmets on, and they're getting towed behind this ski boat, and it's crazy and wild and fun. And they just have the most giant smiles on their faces. And I'm, I'm sitting on the boat, and I'm looking at their faces, and I'm thinking, a week ago, I didn't even know these kids. I didn't know their names. I didn't know their lives. I didn't know any of their stuff. But God is so good that he puts his love in our hearts for people so that they can know him and see how much he loves them. And that is the beauty of stepping out and doing this. And so my encouragement to all the old people is um, <laughs> go hang out with some new friends and ask God to pour his love into us that we would love them the way he's loved us and the way he loves them. That was just such a good, good thing. And, and I have to say, because a year ago I shared after ETV that one of my most favorite things about um, going to camp with students and living with them is that they are really honest in being willing to respond to God. They do not just hear God and, and are absent of a response to him. They are willing to respond to God. And so this year, to look out and see the faces of all of my friends who maybe even just a year ago, like Maddie said, decided to really give their lives to Jesus and build their lives in him. And then here they are this year, right? So many of them, every week, week after week, go into different camps, pouring their lives out and sharing their life in Christ with other students, and it's the most beautiful picture of the way God wants it to be for us. So I'm just so grateful to get to see it and be a part of it. So uh, I'm going to invite Andrew Hurst up, wherever he is. Um, ETV is our high school camp. Um, we join up with like seven or eight other churches, and uh, we, we take over uh, really humble fairgrounds in uh, Thai Valley, Oregon, which is like an hour south of, of uh, the Dalles. Um, we brought 33 students this year. Uh, there's 150 students total at camp. There's 110 staff, I think, at camp. Um, and at Harvest, we brought 41 staff. Um, so people, and it's not like competition. I mean, I'm excited too, but um, 
Uh, but why I tell you that, like people at camp, like when they don't know, they think Harvest is like this giant church, you know, because we bring as much staff as anyone else. Um, but the reality is, like, you people just love students well, and, and, and more people are finding out about ETV, and, and they want to come. We actually had to turn people, uh, staff members, away this year because we, we just, we didn't have, um, we didn't, all the jobs were filled. We were good. So, uh, anyway, Andrew called me up and, uh, and, and asked if he could come, and I said yes. So he's going to tell you about that. Thanks, Greg. Uh, yeah, like you said, my name's Andrew, and uh, I usually sit over on the left side. So I didn't know any of the people over here, and then I went to ETV, and I got to know all these awesome young people. Um, ETV, I had a whole bunch of stuff prepared, but as I was sitting here singing kind of the songs that we sang up there, I was just reminded that at ETV, above all else, my soul was refreshed. Um, it's been a lot of years since I've been involved with uh, ministry. I, I grew up in Boise, Idaho, and was, was heavily involved there. But it had been a long time since I'd been to camp, and I went with just an attitude of, Lord, help me be humble to open my heart up to what you have for me here. And I'd like to say I did an okay job of that because he, he met me there, and he just reminded me of his goodness to me, of his faithfulness to me, uh, and he, he reminded me of that watching all these students uh, love the Lord, sing to the Lord, worship the Lord uh, with just deep um, genuineness, it was refreshing to me, very refreshing to me. I got to be a, uh, a what do you call it, the, the raft guide, the certified raft guide. I have never done a raft guiding thing before, but they, they and, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was heavily trained in it, um, and that was a blast. I think I had the best job. I got to go down the river four times, five times actually, and every time a new group of kids would come and, and we would we'd go down the river together. The first day was with the harvest men, the studs of harvest. It was like, yes, exactly. It was uh, like breaking a team of wild Mustangs. There was a lot of testosterone in our boat. Um, but we had a ton of fun. We hit, we hit, the, we hit the major rapid Oak Springs. We went off just perfect. And we went down and got crushed by that wave. And we popped up, and there was like six inches of standing water over the entirety of the boat. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. I, didn't, I wasn't ready for this. So uh, we survived. Uh, it was a lot of fun with you guys. Thank you. Um, then day two, actually, I took a group out. Um, and none of them are here, so I can share this openly, I think. I had a really hard time. I had a really hard time. And they wouldn't work together. I couldn't get like three people on the left side were more powerful than four people on the right. And I were just going in circles and we were coming up to Oak Springs and we'd prepped and we were ready and I was talking them through it. And I was telling them like the river wants to pull you to the left. We've got to paddle hard to the right. And we're getting up there and they're just not working together. And we completely missed the falls. Completely. Went around to the left. And and before you go over them, you're telling them like, okay. When we get up close, you have to dive in. So you practice getting into the boat and hanging on for dear life. And so the, the code word was in. I'd yell in, everybody in the boat. And so they're looking back at me as we get right up to the lip. They're looking back at me like, now, 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 tell me, now. And I'm thinking to myself, no, we, we missed it. You don't even need to get in. But out of obligation, I said, uh, in, yeah, in, get in. We're all. And afterwards, we were all just like really somber. I don't know exactly what I'm sharing with this to you other than sometimes at camp things don't go right I was really angry afterwards I was like we blew it 
I had a little uh, indignation, and it wasn't the righteous kind. And uh, and I don't know exactly what the takeaway from that was, other than you know I hyperanalyze it afterwards. Lord, what are you doing here in the midst of us missing this rapid? Maybe things just don't go that perfect in life sometimes. Um, and I think that was it because you know later on that night uh, we had great speakers. Um, Greg spoke. Um, and Matt's mom, Mindy, spoke, and that was amazing. And one of the things that they challenged us in was this uh, this concept of, I guess I have my son here, so I can, um, Greg was talking about adoption, and that when they got their little one, that she um, she didn't want to be, she wanted to be held, but she didn't want to be held close. She was like always at arm's length, if I, if I remember correctly. And we talked about like, is that your view of God, that you want him close like I've got my son Harlan here? Um, you want to be close in God's arms like that, but you kind of want to keep him keep him kind of pushed back. And what is it in your life that you're not willing to be close to God in? And I think for me, what I told these guys, and it was great because with these guys you could just be open and honest and they would accept, accept anything I'd say. Um, for me it was... Sometimes I want to go to these like little adventures, these side things, and I'm not so certain that God wants me to do them. They're not necessarily bad, but I don't want to give them up. And one of those things for me is um, doing a lot of running and training for some races. And I told God, is that pretty cool? I told God, you know, Lord, if you blew out my knee, I'd be pretty mad. I'd be really angry at you. And lo and behold, the next day I twisted my ankle really bad. And I thought, jeez. <laughs> Okay, I guess we're going to flush this one out right now. Um, unluckily, um, hopefully I adopted the attitude of Job a little bit, and I wasn't that pissed off at God, but now we're in week three, and my ankle's still not great. But um, Where was I going with that? Greg? Where was I going with that? I guess I just want to share with you that I'm still learning. Of course, we still are. And at ETV... God refreshed my heart. He opened my eyes to new things that I need to to understand about myself, to understand about my relationship with him. Andrew, what are you willing truly to give up? Um, if God were to paralyze you today, would you still call him good? Would you still believe that his plan is perfect for you? Um, so he challenged me, and, and he challenged me through these campers. Love you guys. Thanks for letting me be a part of your group. It was my first time at ETV. I loved it. Had a great time. Um, yeah, so I think Sherry kind of primed the pump wherever you're at for the old people here. Old people for me is anybody over 35. Um, so all the old people, if you are in a career that is challenging, is difficult, is hard, is uh, difficult on your soul, um, mine is, go to ETV, go to a Young Life camp. It is refreshing for the soul.